0: Hello, my spooky people, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Hello, Sydney podcast, a podcast for horror lovers where we discuss any and all things horror. It's me, your girl, Sydney. This is episode like six, I think. I feel like we are just flying through, but I also feel like I have just been doing this forever. I already told you guys I got a new laptop and I also got a new mic this week. So we are like a real podcaster now. So again, for those of you who have been listening and are still listening, thank you for your never ending support. I love you guys so much. Speaking of loving things, today we are going to be talking about one of the horror movies that I love the most in this world. It is one of my favorite found footage movies of all time, and I'm talking about none other than As Above, So Below from 2014 this is one of those movies that just has dumb, low critic scores. And you guys probably hear me say this shit all the time if you follow me on TikTok. But like, I personally am not a fan of that elevated horror. So like specifically Hereditary, Midsummer, The Witch, like A24 shit, basically, like, and I can't stand it is one of my biggest horror pet peeves when people say, oh, you just didn't understand it when I tell them I didn't like it. Like, no, I fucking understand it. I just still don't fucking like it. But When I talk about As Above, So Below, I don't think it's that you need to understand it to like it, but I think understanding the deeper message behind it just gives you a newfound appreciation for it, and I think if the critics understood that, the scores would not be so low for this one. And the reason I say that is because this movie is so smart and so well written because it is a really creative retelling and interpretation of Dante's Inferno. If you're not familiar with Dante's Inferno, this is one of those books that you probably had to read in high school that you might have kind of just like skimmed through or got the spark notes of but basically it's the first part of Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy and it follows Dante on a journey through hell and there are nine circles of hell and he details all of them and he's going through these circles of hell with his guide Virgil. And again, As Above, So Below is a very creative take on that, and people don't always realize that it has a deeper message and a deeper meaning behind it. But today we're going to go through the whole plot, and I'm also going to talk about all the parallels to Dante's Inferno as we go, and how they literally go through all nine circles of hell only to have to repent at the end and take a leap of faith so without further ado let's just jump right into it so as above so below opens up with our main character whose name is scarlet Marlowe. um i don't ever plan on having children but if i ever have a daughter literally her name will be scarlet Marlowe. i'm obsessed So Scarlett is in Iran and she's like, she ends up finding herself deep in these tunnels, which this guy that she obviously has a history with takes her into. And she talks about how she knows that the destruction of the tunnels was ordered, but she's in there trying to find this thing called the Rose Key because she believes that the Rose Key is going to tell her the location of the Philosopher's Stone. So it opens up, it's this really intense scene, there's like bombs going off, she's breaking through a wall, but ultimately she finds it and she takes like recordings of it so she can record all of the inscriptions to go back and translate them. Now she makes several comments saying things like, my father searched his whole life for this, and then as she's leaving the tunnel, she sees this like figure hanging in the distance. We don't find out more about what that's about until later. But anyway, so she finds what she needs to find and she makes it out of the tunnel, literally in the nick of time. And the guy that helped her in there looks at her and is like, you remind me so much of your father, but be careful. This is a quest for madness. And she tries to say, my father wasn't crazy. And the guy just says, anyone who hunts for Flamel's stone is crazy, which if you've seen Harry Potter, you know that they're talking about Nicholas Flamel and alchemy and the Philosopher's Stone. So, in the next shot, we see Scarlett in France, and she's filming like this documentary type style thing, and she's explaining like all of her credentials and. Like we say here in New England, my girl's wicked smart. Like she's got two PhDs. She's got a master's degree in something else. She's fluent in six languages, including like two or four dead ones, something like that. Like the girl's just like crazy smart. So she's being interviewed by her cameraman, Benji, and he asks her about what her father taught her about the philosopher's stone. And she's explaining that, you know, the stone can turn metal into gold and it can basically give people eternal life. And then Benji asks about the speculation that Scarlett's father was insane and or mentally unstable and she said why because he killed himself so now we know why the other guy said about how this quest like kind of drove him to madness. So then it shows Scarlett and Benji going into this museum where Nicholas Flamel's tombstone lies and they believe that the location of the stone is embedded somewhere in it. That's always been the myth. And then Scarlett tells Benji about how the translations that she found on the Rose Key in Iran are in Aramaic which she's like well I don't know that language but i sure knew know someone who does which then leads us to this church where we are introduced to george so you can tell when scarlet sees george that there's kind of some tension between the two of them and benji's like secretly recording them speaking and he's talking about how last time he saw scarlet he ended up in a turkish prison and then she like just left him there because she was chasing a lead so he obviously has some uh resentment towards her for that and this is the first time they're seeing each other since But he forgets about that really quick when she tells him about how she found the rose key and he was like, it was in Iran, wasn't it? And she's kind of just trying to avoid it because she doesn't want him to know that she went there by herself, like searching for this. So regardless, he agrees to help her translate, but makes it clear that that's it. He's like, I'm not getting into any other shit with you, Scarlet. You like, you already got me locked up in a different country. Like I will translate and then my job ends there. So George ends up finding a connection who allows them to go into the museum after hours and they take Flamel's tombstone off of the wall and they flip it over because Scarlet's like she finds a clue that makes her think that it's on the back and she takes a bunch of chemicals that she finds and then like lights it on fire and turns out that there is an inscription on the back so my girl was right. So through this inscription they discovered that they need to go like a certain amount of feet underneath where Nicholas Flamel was originally buried and they're like well there's no way but then they're like wait there is away because we're in paris and the paris catacombs exist so they're looking at this map and they realize that the catacombs don't go directly under his grave but then george is like wait a second yes they do because there's a hidden chamber in there due to a city collapse like the tour guides won't take us there but we'll need to find we can find somebody who does And it's at this point that George is like, well, except for me, because I don't go underground, remember? So he says that to Scarlett as if she already knows something, but we're not aware of that yet as the audience. So Benji and Scarlett end up going into the catacombs just like on a regular tour. And they're talking about how there are 6 million bodies in the catacombs. And now the crazy thing about this movie was this was actually the first movie that secured the rights to actually film in the catacombs. So like, everything that we see is actually real like actually actual skeletons actual skulls like it's really pretty eerie if you think about it so anyway benji and scarlet are in there and they realize that again to get to this area where they need to be under flamel's grave they're gonna have to go into a restricted area and all of a sudden they hear a man's voice behind them and he's like go to this club and ask for papillon And they're like, okay, that's really helpful. And they turn away for a second, and when they turn back, this man is gone. But of course, it's a horror movie, so nobody thinks anything of it. So the two of them, along with George, end up going to this club where they told them that they can find this random man, sketchy man in the catacombs. Told them that they could find Papillon, and they end up finding him. But on the way in, Benji keeps seeing this woman in white, and she keeps like staring at him. She sees he sees her like at the entrance, and then he sees her again outside the window as they find Papillon. So they go to Papillon, and he's with this girl and a couple friends and they're like we need to get into a certain restricted area of the catacombs and we hear that you can take us there and he's like well what's in it for me and basically finds out that they're like treasure hunters and scarlet's like you can have all the treasure that's not what i'm looking for i just need somebody to take me to this area and then meanwhile george is like hey you can have half of it because george is like damn if we're doing this we're at least gonna get some fucking treasure out of it bitch So, anyway, Papillon agrees because of the treasure, and the next day it shows them all kind of like gearing up, getting ready to go. Papillon kind of explains how there's no cell phone service down there, so that's not going to work. And he's also with his girlfriend, Suksi, and their friend, Zed. And George, at this point, is still refusing to go. He's like, Nope, this is as far as I go. I've translated for you, and we're done. Meanwhile, Benji notices this little scar on Papillon's hand that kind of looks like a burn, and he's like, Oh, how did he get that? And Zed like, oh, we don't really talk about that. So they start walking towards this like forbidden entrance, and George has every intention on leaving. But as they start to go into the entrance, this cop comes running out of fucking nowhere and tackles Papillon. So now, in order to escape the police, George has no option but to go into this tunnel with them. So George is now freaking out, and Benji looks at Scarlet and is like, Wow, he really doesn't like like underground, huh? Like, is he okay? And at this point, Scarlett tells Benji that his George's little brother drowned in a cave when he was a child. So he has has some fucking cave trauma like no shit i don't have cave trauma and i still would not be paid enough money in the world to ever go into these catacombs thank you so later on in the movie kind of jumping ahead a little bit they end up getting to this tunnel that has the inscription abandon all hope ye who enter here which according to mythology is the inscription above the gates of hell but we can really consider that this group actually enters hell right now So this is where we start with the parallels to Dante's Inferno. So according to the Inferno, the first part of hell is what we call the vestibule. So this is reserved for the indecisive. And it's people who didn't really do good nor bad. And we can consider the indecisive being George. Like he's the one that this whole time has been like, I don't really want to go down here. Like I want to know where the Philosopher's Stone is, but I don't actually want to do this. The vestibule is also reserved for what Dante refers to as the outcasts. And now when the group gets down there, they see this cult of singing women and Papillon kind of brushes it off and is like, yeah, you know, you'll see a lot of weirdos doing some weird like cultish shit down here. Like, don't be concerned about it. No big deal. Now, mind you, one of these women looks exactly like the women that Benji saw outside of the nightclub. So now the group keeps walking on and they pass this like spray paint that says Pap PAP. And that's like how Papillon like marks his territory, whatever. So now they get to this kind of dead end where there is like a tunnel, but they look at this like wall of bones and they're like, "Okay, well, now we have to climb through here. And Scarlet's like, no, that's the wrong way. We have to go through this tunnel that's directly in front of us and Papillon is like absolutely fucking not sis like that is a corridor that nobody goes down we're not supposed to go down there and Scarlet kind of starts to get into it with him which like sis you might have like three fucking PhDs but like Papillon has been coming down here for fucking years like I don't know who you're arguing with but she finally stops arguing when Papillon is like well we had a friend called La Taupe which means the mole and he knew every single tunnel down here he knew every turn and one day curiosity got the best of him and he went down that forbidden corridor and he never came out and he has never been seen since. Like this dude Latope literally lived down here in the tunnels basically. And like he just knew that there was something horrible down there and he had to go find it out for himself. So regardless, Scarlet and the others are like, okay, well, I guess we're not fucking going down there. So they end up crawling through this tunnel of bones. And if you guys have seen this movie or you've seen The Descent, this is probably one of the most claustrophobic moments in cinematic history. It's still, no matter how many times I watch this movie, makes me fucking ill. So they're going through this tunnel and Benji's carrying the camera So we get a shot of him going through and all of a sudden he gets stuck and he's unable to move and he's absolutely fucking panicking, which like I totally would do the same. And he starts screaming about how he can't breathe and like, keep going, Scarlet. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And like Scarlet's trying to get him to calm down because now he's working himself up. He's basically having a panic attack. And eventually Benji starts to be able to crawl his way through. But as he's crawling through, the tunnel starts to collapse. He makes it through just in the nick of time until the tunnel collapses and now they can no longer go back the way in which they came. So this exact thing happens to Dante and Dante's Inferno. There's a collapse or something like it, and he's not able to go back the way in which he came, and the only way out is down. So now is where this movie starts to get really freaky because they get through this tunnel but everything is not where it's supposed to be. So Papillon seems really genuinely confused because they get out on the other side but they see the forbidden corridor again that was just on the opposite end of the tunnel but now it's like a reverse image of it. So Papillon is literally freaking the fuck out. He's like this is not supposed to be here. This is wrong. I've been down here hundreds of times like something is not right. So now the rest of the group is like we literally don't have another option other than going into this corridor. Like we can't go backwards and there's no other way out like we have to and papillon is still freaking out he's like we shouldn't go in there we shouldn't go in there but they literally have no other option and then they look up at the wall and they see papillon spray paint again p-a-p and like they start to think he's fucking with them but he's obviously very genuinely freaked out and he's like something is very wrong here guys like this is not right but again there's literally no other option. so they go through the corridor but as they're all accusing papillon of fucking with them they start to hear a phone in the distance and Scarlett's like, Is that possible? And they're like, No, the phone lines were ripped out of here years ago. And then they find this like abandoned piano and they kind of chalk it up to be like, okay, well, you know what, I'm sure this piano is just here from like when one of the houses collapsed, whatever. And then George is like, wow, that's so crazy. Because I used to have a a piano exactly like this. And me and my brother used to play it all the time. But we could never finish the song that we were playing because the A4 key was fucked up. And he goes to play the song, and when he gets to the last key, which is the A4 key, it is fucked up. And he just looks at Scarlett and he says, what's going on? And we're like, what's going on? Nobody has any fucking idea what's going on at this point. So they hear a phone ring again. And this time Scarlett goes up to it and answers it. And it's just this like distorted male voice on the other end. And he just says, why won't you talk to me, Scarlet? And while we're already freaked out by the piano debacle and the phone debacle, all of a sudden this random ass fucking tall lanky man comes out of the fucking shadows and just says, you shouldn't be here. And it turns out, out that is none other than la Taupe, the man who has been missing down in these tunnel for tunnels for months so he just looks at them and he keeps saying like none of you should be here and papillon and suxi and zed are like la Taupe, where the fuck have you been and he just is like being super weird and he just looks at them and tells them to come and they look at him like kind of crazy and he goes you're looking to get out and they're like yeah obviously and he just says come and he goes to turn this corner, but then the second the group turns the corner, he's already like 50 feet down the fucking hallway. So when they went through that corridor, I, I guess when they went through the Tunnel of Bones, really, that symbolizes Dante's first circle of hell, which is limbo or purgatory. So this era, this circle of hell is reserved for people who haven't done bad, but they also haven't done enough good to get into heaven. And that's basically where La Taupe's soul is doomed to wander. And in Dante's Inferno, people who are damned to this, Circle of hell basically just have to wander the tunnels in loneliness and desperation for all eternity, which is just like the saddest thing ever. So, regardless, now the group is again obviously freaking out because they're like, How can he be down here? It's been months, he has no light, mind you. Like, this guy has no flashlights, he's just been living here in the dark, clearly, and they don't understand what's going on at this point. But again, they literally have no other option other than to follow this man, and he looks at them and says, The only way out is down. So, again, that is a direct parallel to Dante's Inferno because the same the exact thing happens to him and the only way for this man to escape hell is to go down through the belly of the beast and after he says that he brings them to this like well or tunnel that's leading down whatever you want to call it and they have to repel down and Benji ends up falling and like really fucks up his hands so now he's bleeding Scarlet has to wrap them up for him and now they get to this long thin corridor and in the middle of it is this like body of water and George steps in the water and once he does that the sound is super muffled for the audience but We just hear this like loud deafening alarm or siren or whatever you want to call it. Now at this point they are in what Dante would refer to as his second circle of hell, which is lust. So basically once Dante gets there in Dante's Inferno, he hears this loud deafening sound because what happens to souls in this circle of hell is that they are blown into this violent storm and there's just colorless tunnels. And again, there's just loud deafening noise all the time. So I live in New England and this morning there was like this crazy storm and like this crazy wind. And when I stepped outside on my way to work this morning, I just heard this like Insane fucking tornado sounding sound like I was in a wind tunnel. And my first thought, because I knew I was filming this episode today, I was like, huh, I guess I'm in circle too. So the sound stops and they end up getting through. And then George sees this vision of this little boy. And we deduce that it's George's brother because, again, we know that George lost his brother when they were young. And he looks and he says, What was that? And La Taupe just goes, It's not what was that? It's who was that? Just super fucking cryptic. And papillon's like he's different now like this is not la taupe like how he's supposed to be he's very different and everybody else is like should we be following him and papillon's like idk man we're just we have to do it anyway So now the group gets to this widened tunnel, and we hear like what sounds kind of like the growl of a creature. And it's at this point that they are considered to be in Dante's third circle of hell, which is gluttony. So in this circle, souls are damned to live in this icy rain and this vile freezing slush. So they end up hitting a dead end and they find these like rocks all piled on top of each other and they have these inscriptions in them which ends up being a riddle and george and scarlet who again are just like super fucking smart understand that it's a ptolemaic hinge and what that is is this trap essentially where you have to solve the riddle exactly right and remove the exact right stone and if you don't the ceiling is going to collapse and kill everybody there so they have one chance But again, because these two are wicked fucking smart, they find the right one and they pull it out and it opens this hidden door. So they go through and they find this body of a Templar knight and it's been there for like hundreds of thousands of years. But this dude is like perfectly preserved and scarlet is like okay well that must mean the stone is around here because that's exactly what it would do like it would preserve a body in perfect condition for all of eternity and they find the word vitriol written on the wall and scarlet understands this as part of this riddle or whatever like a clue that basically is like if you visit the interior parts of the earth you will find the stone and that's exactly what they're doing so scarlet decides at this point that to find where to go next they have to turn off all the lights and everybody's obviously freaking the fuck out about it because there's this dead body in the middle of the room but everybody eventually agrees to do it and when they do so they find this light coming out from underneath this tunnel but the tunnel is filled with water and scarlet just fucking jumps in and she's like i'm going good luck everybody so she goes through and then george goes next and the whole group ends up following and when they get there they discover a room full of gold and riches and treasure and there is this fire that is just eternally lit because that's another thing that the stone can do it can light a torch for all of eternity so scarlet gets it's all emotional and she looks at george and she's like it's real like she obviously is realizing that like all of her father's work wasn't for nothing like he wasn't crazy and then la Taupe is just standing there like an absolute fucking psychopath in the corner so this room symbolizes that they are now in dante's fourth circle of hell which is greed so in this circle souls are doomed to push heavy weights and they are consumed by a pit of smelting gold so this is the room where they find the treasure but it's also the room where they find a stone but it turns out to be a false stone but we'll get to that later so Scarlett sees this inscription on the wall depicting how like the moon and the sun were in love but they were doomed to be separated and inside the wall embedded in it she finds the philosopher's stone and she's like what a perfect trip like trick like hiding it in this room with all these riches where it would just go completely unnoticed and it's at that moment where she realizes that the gold and the treasure is a trap because everybody else is trying to break open the gate where it's behind and she's like no no, no stop it's a trap but of course it's too fucking late so they break open the gate but the ceiling immediately collapses and crushes fucking la Taupe and then also injures Suxi. So Suxi's arm is pretty badly cut up and it's bleeding and Scarlet goes up to it with the stone and like holds her hands over it after she kind of scratches off a piece of the stone. And we watch the thing just completely heal like it completely covers up like it stops bleeding. And it the wound seals itself and everybody's like, holy fucking shit so now they're like okay we found the stone mission accomplished r.i.p la Taupe. sorry buddy but you were kind of fucking weird at the end anyway and they're like okay well now we need to find a way out so scarlet looks up and she sees this symbol on the wall which is the symbol of as above so below and she explains to the group how this phrase is the key to all magic like basically what is within me is outside of me as it be on heaven so it be on earth and she looks up on the ceiling and finds what looks like a door and she's like okay as above so below that means there's a door under here and she takes a rock and smashes it and it turns out that it's true there's a tunnel underneath them so they scale down this tunnel only to find another tunnel and they look on the top of it and Scarlett and george realize that in aramaic or in some other language there is an inscription that says abandon all hope ye who enter here and again according to mythology and according to dante's inferno this is the inscription above the gates of hell so everybody's like what the fuck Again, we know that they've already been in hell, but they don't necessarily know that yet. So it turns out to get through this tunnel, they have to crawl like on their stomachs. So as Scarlet goes first, she turns around and she says, and they shall be made to crawl on their bellies into the kingdom of darkness. So again, just like mythologically, they are crawling directly into hell and they know it. So they all end up crawling through and when they get through, they find an exact copy of the room that they were just in except it's reverse so they see on the wall the as above so below sign but this t- it's like upside down and as they go to turn around like to the tunnel where they just entered it's completely sealed and now everybody's freaking out still and papillon's like are we dead i think we're dead so now in the greed room when they broke through the tunnel there was this like murky water that fell through the tunnel that they then had to crawl through so that symbolizes dante's fifth circle of hell which is anger or wrath and according to dante's no souls that are doomed to this circle just need to endlessly fight each other and battle each other on the surface of the river Styx. So at this point, they also see this flame lit enclosure with a three ring inscription and this symbolizes Dante's sixth circle, which is heresy. And in this circle, souls are entrapped in this flaming pit. So that's why there's this like flame lit enclosure. That's what that symbolizes. So again, that was the reverse room of the greed room. So now they're basically working backwards and they now get into the room where that Templar Knight was, except now there's a body in the middle of the room, but it's completely rotted. And if that's not fucking bad enough, they look up and who do they see sitting there minding his own fucking business like it's nothing but a Tuesday morning? La taupe. So he's sitting there and again, he's basically like catatonic at this point. So Suxi goes to approach him and everybody's like, yo, like don't fucking do that. And she doesn't listen and she goes up to him anyway. And when she goes to touch him, he grabs her and just fucking attacks her and starts smashing her head onto the rocks and she immediately dies. Now Latope like disappears at this point and Papillon is completely devastated and he's asking Scarlet like use the stone please use the stone bring her back and like Scarlet tries to make an attempt but like it doesn't work and she looks at Papillon and is like yeah the stone can't bring back the dead I'm sorry So this room symbolizes Dante's seventh circle, which is violence. And now this circle is split up into three categories. So there's violence against oneself, violence against one's neighbor, and violence against God. So obviously what was just committed was violence against one's neighbor. Now we'll get more into this later, but basically the reason that the six of them are in this situation is because they all have some sort of sin that they've committed. So according to Dante's Inferno, people who are in hell are those who try to justify their sins and are unrepentant. so basically they're being taught this lesson some of them we find out directly what their sins are but not all of them so we don't exactly find out what suxi's sin is but because her because she meets her end in the violence room we can assume that it was something to do with violence and it might have even been violence directed at la taupe since his violence was directed at her Anyway, in Dante's Inferno, souls who are damned to the circle of violence are condemned to drown in the lake of boiling blood. So that's really pleasant. So the group has no other option but to move on, and Scarlett hears this creaking, and when she looks up, she yet again sees like a noose. So we're kind of getting this idea that her father hanged himself, and that's kind of why she keeps being haunted by these visions. So now they're back in this long corridor with the water in the middle, and George points out how everything is a mirror image of what we've already done. So at this point, they get to this tunnel that they once again need to rappel down. So remember the last time they had to rappel down a tunnel, Benji injured his hands. So it turns out that he's the last one to go and he has the camera facing him and he doesn't see behind him, but we do. And we see this creepy ass woman walking directly behind him. And she looks a lot like the woman that we saw outside of the club. And like we saw in the vestibule in that cult of singing, chanting people. Now, in Dante's Inferno, the eighth circle is fraud, and in this circle, souls are thrown into a pit of darkness, and this place is reserved for people who use lies and deception for personal gain. It's reserved for panderers and seducers. So again, we see this woman behind Benji, but he does not see her, but when he turns around, she is directly in his face, and she has this baby, and she pushes him into this pit. So he falls from the eighth circle of fraud down into the final and ninth circle, which is treachery so again Benji's one where we don't find out exactly what his sin was but because the woman who pushed him had a baby and again like he died in the circle of fraud which is reserved for people who are seducers or use deception we can assume that it had something to do with that So Benji falls, rest of the group traumatized, R.I.P. Benji. So again, they keep moving on. And at this point, George hears this little boy's voice saying, help me. And when he looks under these bones, he sees an apparition of his brother floating in water because again, his brother drowned. And he's freaking out and Scarlet's trying to like kind of snap him out of it. She's like, why would he be here? Like that is not your brother. But they quickly forget about that when we hear a man yelling. So now the only people left are Scarlet, George, Papillon, and Zed. And they all hear this man yelling and they go to follow the sounds and they come across this burning car. And inside the car, sitting in the backseat in the flames, he looks at Papillon and we see that it is the man from the beginning that Scarlet and Benji saw in the tunnel that said, go to this club and ask for Papillon. So now we realize that that man was not alive. So this is pretty much directed at Papillon because the guy looks directly at him and Papillon starts saying, no, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. He starts screaming, But then he is pulled by this unseen force into the car. So we deduce here that Papillon's sin was he was responsible for a car accident that obviously killed this man, whoever it might be. And again, like the car was on fire. And remember how he had that scar on his hand that seemed like a burn mark? Well, that's why he doesn't like to fucking talk about it because he was responsible for killing somebody. So mind you, this happens again in the ninth and final circle, which is called treachery. And according to Dante's Inferno, people who are doomed to this level of hell are frozen in a lake of ice and this is reserved for betrayers of special relationships so again like we can only assume that this guy that was in the back of the car that papillon was responsible for his death was somebody close to him so papillon gets pulled into the car and the car disappears but then all of a sudden we see papillon's feet just like sticking up from the sand so he is completely buried with the exception of like his calves and his feet and interestingly enough that is how people are punished in dante's eighth circle of hell so in dante's inferno it reads out of the mouth of each one there protruded the feet of the transgressor and the legs up to the calf the rest within remained and that's exactly how papillon is now doomed for all of eternity so now again they're in the circle of hell where just the absolute worst people are including satan himself so it's just the three of them left and they start to hear this rumbling and they see this black hooded figure sitting in this chair and it is absolutely fucking terrifying and at this point like they all think they're gonna die so george looks at scarlet and is like that we in turkey was the best week of my life and she says me too and it's like you can kind of tell that they're like in love and it's kind of sweet but that doesn't last for long because that black hooded figure starts to get up and walk towards them so they obviously panic and start to run away and now in the stones in the caves is like these faces and all of a sudden one of them comes out as like this demonic body and fucking bites George's neck or like scratches his neck. But regardless, he's now bleeding from the fucking throat. Now this is never confirmed, but according to Dante's Inferno, one of the people who reside in the ninth circle of hell is Cain. And if you are not familiar with the Bible, Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve and Cain killed Abel and basically committed like the first murder and the first crime against another person. So we can assume that this person who bit George was Cain. And it's basically to symbolize how like brother-on-brother crime you know even though it wasn't necessarily crime like George kind of was there when his brother died so Scarlett's like it's all right George don't worry I have the philosopher's stone all is well just fucking kidding because she goes to use it and it doesn't work and George looks up at her and with his like dying breath he just says vitriol and that's when Scarlet realizes that she has taken a false stone. So this was a false stone that was only good for one use to trick her that it was the real stone. And she quotes this like passage or whatever that says by rectification, you shall find the hidden stone. So she's like, I have to rectify the taking of it. And that's when I'll find the real stone. So she decides to go all the way fucking back. So she grabs a camera and she starts fucking running. And now this bitch is fucking like knocking demons out left and right. It's insane. But that's not even the scariest part to me the scariest part is she now has to repel up this tunnel and like climb this rope and I would just immediately be dead all of us would die right now but she does it but as she's running back to this room like that corridor where like the water was in the middle these fucking hands start coming out of it and just grabbing her and the water is blood and they pull her into it so now she's completely covered in blood she sees yet another apparition of somebody hanging and like he has a bag over his head and when she goes to take the bag off of him it's her and she like attacks herself it's really fucking creepy it's a great jump scare so anyway she gets back to the reverse room of the greed room because again going back like was completely blocked and she puts the stone back in the wall and she looks in this mirror and she realizes that the power is now in her because by rectification she has now become the power of the philosopher's stone meanwhile we get a vision of what george and zed are going through and we see these black hooded figures approaching them so like time is fucking running out so scarlet's running back and she's like screaming she's like hold on george like i'm coming for you and then all of a sudden she turns the corner and she sees somebody hanging again and this time it actually is her father and she goes up to him and she says i'm sorry for not picking up the phone i didn't know that you were in that much pain so this is why she's been haunted by these visions of somebody hanging the whole time and also by like by these phone calls because her father committed suicide and called her the night that he did it and she did not pick up so That means she rectified for her sin. Mind you, this happened again in the room with like the reverse Templar Knight that's rotted, which is the violence circle. And again, like violence against oneself because her father committed suicide. And again, this is also the circle in which Scarlet rectifies and repents for her sin that she's been carrying on. So she ends up propelling back down the tu- down the tunnel, whatever. She's running, she's running, she's running. She like casually knocks out this fucking demon and then she gets back to George and Zed and she grabs George's neck where he's injured and she kisses him and all of a sudden the fucking wound goes away and he is healed. Because once again, the power of the stone is now within her. So he gets up again healed and now these black hooded figures are continuing to chase them and they get to this hole in the ground and there's literally nowhere else for them to go. And Scarlet looks looks at them and is like we need to rectify ourselves and we need to jump we need to take a leap of faith and zed and fucking george are like what the fuck do you mean sis like how are we gonna just jump down this tunnel they like drop a rock down there they don't hear a noise meaning this tunnel is just like endless and scarlet's like no we need to rectify like i rectified and she looks at george and she's like what about your brother's death haunts you like obviously he's been haunting down you down here like what is that about and george confesses that the day that he drowned his brother drowned he went to go get help but he got lost along the way and his brother drowned waiting for him to come back and save him which like can we really consider that a sin i mean he was a fucking child but whatever and then she looks at zed and she's like okay well what's your sin and zed admits that he has a child and he knows that it's his but he never sees him he denies that it's his so they've all admitted their sins they've repented and the three of them hold hands and they take a leap of faith down this tunnel and somehow they land completely unharmed and when they land unharmed they see this manhole cover in the middle of the room and there's this really cool scene because again like they're literally in hell and like up becomes down and everything's opposite and they get onto like basically on top of this manhole cover and they push it and when they push it to the side there's again this really cool like reverse scene of them then crawling out of it and they are just like on the streets of paris so the three of them get out and they real fucking quickly put that manhole cover back on because they're like we don't want anybody just like casually falling into hell and we never want to do that again and they all hug and they kind of just go their separate ways zed just walks away like completely in disbelief and scarlett and george hug the last shot of this movie is a clip from the interview that she did or the documentary that she scarlett was doing earlier with benji and he's like well why are you doing this and she's like i'm doing this to find the truth and find the truth she absolutely fucking did and now she has the power of the philosopher's stone within her and the three of them surviving is also symbolic of as above so below because the symbol has three points on top and three points on the bottom so the three of them survived leaving three of them above and they left three of them below because three of them died in hell now in dante's inferno for him to be able to get out of hell he physically has to crawl down the belly of satan like clinging onto his hair and stuff so like obviously they couldn't really portray that so they just use this like long endless tunnel instead so again now at the end we understand that this whole group was being punished because they all committed sins that they refused to acknowledge so again while there was a couple of them that we don't necessarily know what their sins were we can kind of assume and the only way that they were able to escape hell which is the same exact way as it is in the inferno is to admit for their sins and truly atone for them and then take a leap of faith and that's exactly what dante does to escape hell now usually i like a really devastating ending in horror movies like i think that's kind of the point of horror and i've heard heard some people speculate that like them getting out isn't really them getting out like they don't believe that they actually made it out of hell like they believe that this is kind of like a reverse earth or a parallel earth but personally this is a movie where like I need that happy ending and I'm very satisfied with the way that it ended and again this movie is just so beautifully done and so beautifully detailed in the way that it just like creatively encapsulates Dante's Inferno it's just so cool to me and like the like shout out to the writers of this movie Because they really put so much thought and effort into it and it's really it really shows and it's really impressive So there you have it and I really hope that this made you guys Appreciate as above so below as much as I do because again like in addition to it being a movie that like genuinely scared the Shit out of me. I really do just think it's so smart and I appreciate when writing is just this well done And again, this is one that I consider to be scary as fuck Anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And next week we are probably going to just like completely wrap up the year. So we'll discuss some of my favorite movies of this year, maybe some of my least favorite movies of this year, as well as talk about anticipated horror for 2024, because it looks like it's going to be a pretty damn good year. Until then, as always, you guys know where to find me, horror underscore chronicles on TikTok and Instagram. I post especially on TikTok basically every day. So until next time, watch more horror movies and stay spooky, my friends.